3: Thanks to MasterCard for sponsoring this episode. Head to MasterCard.com backslash smallbiz to learn how they're amplifying and supporting Black women entrepreneurs. You're listening to Money News, powered by Greenwood, a finance podcast dedicated to dropping all the knowledge and gems from the world's leading celebrities, entrepreneurs, and experts in tech, business, and more. I'm your host, angel investor, technology enthusiast, and media personality, Tanya Sam. Each week, we talk with guests who are making significant strides in their fields and learn how they are making their money move. If you're someone who's looking to make your money move, you're in the right place. So open up your notes app and lock us in because this podcast will give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance you so rightly deserve. Our executive producer had an opportunity to interview trailblazing journalist and media pioneer Paula Madison.
4: a lot of people get you know lessons and parents say things and teach them things but they don't always follow through right
5: i didn't do everything they told me to no, i'm though. sure we
4: all <laughs> we all we all have things but, but it sounds like their message from your from a young age resonated with you and also you and your siblings work together like you know i mean that's a it's impressive to say the least but I think that the thing that's landing with me the most is what do you think it was and what would you tell someone, right, who's like, I, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I've been told to do. But but then actually putting it into practice and manifesting. You know, because I think that's where people, you know, lose the theory versus practice.
5: Um, I, I suspect that the regular drumbeat of the messaging over and over and over, and watching my parents live what they believed. Um, here is a here is a, an anecdote that is totally unrelated, but it gives you some insight into who my parents were. They, they didn't get along. My father stowed away chasing my mother to the United States. She got here on a Chinese immigration quota. Her father was Chinese. Um, he was not letting her go. So he stowed away, got off in the Manhattan docks. He knew that she was uptown in Harlem where her cousins owned some brownstones, and he followed her. What I would say to you is, there was a day when I was a child, maybe double digits, maybe I was 10 or 11, and the Surgeon General announced that cigarette smoking could be hazardous to your health. My mother was a pack-a-day person my father was a two-pack-a-day person. They had been split at this point for more than half my life. On that day, both of my parents stopped smoking. I don't need this. hazards to my health. No, not smoking anymore. Even at that age, I thought to myself, who are these people? I just know that for some people, it's a struggle. But my parents had such strong Commitments and determination so that when I was probably nine, eight, nine years old, my mom called me and my older brother, Howard, into the living room and she had a cigarette and she said, you want to try it? And I was like, I didn't know how to answer. Whose mother gives him a lit cigarette? Howard was like, and he started smoking. She let him take a puff or two. She took it out of his hand and beat the crap out of him. She said, nobody knows how to smoke the first time. You've been smoking, right? And she was right. I was coughing and gagging and and in my whole life, I never smoked. Did Howard smoke? Yes. Eventually he gave it up many years later. But what I'm saying to you is my mother had a strategy. What are my children doing? Here's a strategy. Early on when we were little kids, some salesman came by and tried to get my dad to buy this TV, little TV, in the early days of television. The dude said, try it. He didn't come back. My father, we had the TV in our apartment. My mother had every kid in the neighborhood sitting in our living room, watching TV. Our house was the hangout. Why? Because as she explained, if I can watch these children, then I know who I I will allow you to be friends with and who I will discourage. So it was never, get out of the house, go away. It's like, no, no, because the strategy of she came here, no family to speak of, right? And yet what she wanted to make sure was that her children did not fall victim to some of the behaviors that were going on in Harlem. So, And not just Harlem, but in other places too. But this is the point in Harlem where heroin was pretty rampant and what we were seeing was you know the way my mother grew up she believed that children should be protected loved and taught but that didn't mean she said i love you my mother didn't say i love you to to me till i was about 34 years old and only in retaliation because her sister who did not have a chinese father her sister came from jamaica and as i was leaving the apartment my Aunt Hyacinth said Paula I love you and I saw why I watched my mother glare at her like and the next time I went back my mother said Paula I love you and I almost passed out because the the culture the Asian culture is such that that's not expressed you know I love you I feed you I clothe you I send you to school get away from me go do your homework right that is actually the attitudes and that that was my mother's attitude so From early, early on, there was an almost, I don't want to make it sound like it was a monastery, because it wasn't, but there was an expectation that you can do things outside for sure. We ran the streets to all hours of the night. But when we came home, we were expected to have completed our homework, right? We didn't have any chores. My mother gave us no chores because she said, your job is to be excellent. I will clean this house. I will cook. And then when I was about nine years old, my mother said, here's some rubber gloves. We're going to clean. And I was like, clean. So we cleaned our apartment. And at the conclusion of that, my mother said to me, the reason why we did this is because I want you to understand the definition of a clean house. You, when you grow up, are never going to have to clean your own house you will hire somebody to do it. It's a decent job. You will make enough money to pay someone. So I've actually had a housekeeper at least weekly from the time I was 23 years old because my mother taught me to spend my time. Not that it's a demeaning role, but you can pay somebody to do that, right? That's a good job. Your job is not that. That's like saying, well, I could try to be an engineer, but I'm not an engineer. And why am I spending time trying to learn it when that's not really my calling? right? So it sounds somewhat elitist, but it really isn't. It is that truly, this is going to be a bit controversial, but my mother raised me like she raised her boys. I was not a girl girl. I was a boy girl in that, in that context, in that kind of, did I play with dolls? No, I played with Lionel trains. I helped my brothers make planes out of balsa wood. We had microscope. We were looking at dirty water and finding paramecia. I was expected to transcend. I was expected to not be in the next generation when my nieces and my daughter was born. My mother did not want them to wear pink. Why? Because that whole concept, she felt, would teach you to be subservient and that you have to be as educated, as capable, as smart as, because in my mother's world, being a wife and a mother actually could end up being a disadvantage. My mother was driven. My mother was focused. And as she said, she didn't come to the United States to marry. She came to the United States in order to become wealthy my father followed her here and shortchanged her plans. Now, I don't know how she was going to become wealthy. I, I don't know. But her admonition to us was, if these people who hail from Scottish and English and whatever, right? These are the same people who are running things in Jamaica. If they can do it, then you can do it too. So the If she saw that we were veering in a direction that might take us away from that path of becoming wealthy, she would check us.
0: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com
1: slash strategic. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products.
4: Well, and I think I think that just kind of going from childhood to when you like started on your professional career path. Um, what it sounds like to me, and, I, and I, I want to kind of frame this in the context of, of advice for people that you know, one maybe you know didn't have a mom like yours, um, maybe didn't have siblings to like you know work with. Um, but they do have this desire in them, and they want that. But they haven't figured out their own strategy, right? And one of the one of the things that I'm hearing is that your goals reach beyond just becoming a journalist, for example, or just becoming oh, sure. a manager. You know, they, you always had these huge, you know, goals of grandeur. But it seems like you did something. Whether it was research or talking to the right people, to understand how to get there. Right? And I'm sure I'm just curious, like if you can think back to like the sure. first time you started to think of like, oh, I really want this big goal. I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but then you figured it out, you know.
5: So what I have to process first is the concept that I said I wanna achieve this big goal. That's not really
4: That's not how you would describe it. No. Would, yeah, you tell me how you would describe Right.
5: It. So what I would describe is that understanding that I am in pursuit of power that can be used for the greater good, right? I studied in a work environment the people who were the ones running things. And what I wanted to find out was what were the strategies, what were the tactics? what were the elements? that needed to be in place to get there. If I'm here, I'm going to study the two or three or nine to see how they got there. And then I figure out how, based on my own principles, beliefs, skill sets, what I will employ to get there. So here's an example. People have performance evaluations. When you work in an environment, you get a performance evaluation every year, 18 months or so. I always thought that was interesting, but I thought the system should be changed. And this is while I was an employee. My strategy was I would quarterly, at least, go to my immediate supervisor and ask, how am I doing, right? I'd say, you know, Bill, you got two minutes? Sure. You know, so how am I doing? And, and let's say Bill is a little thrown because whoever asks, how am I doing, right? But I'm truly wanting to hear through your lens how you see my abilities, how you see my performance. Bill might say, oh, you know, well, you're doing pretty well, but, you know, you could have some improvement in X, Y, Z. Oh, okay. So let me just see if I can if I can explain what I think you just told me I need to improve on. Yeah. So I would do that. Okay, great. Can I check back in with you in a few months, see how am I doing? Sure, of course, because it hasn't been scary to Bill. I did not put Bill on the spot and go, yeah, but that's not my fault. I didn't do any of that. I listened to what Bill said I needed. Bill, let me work on that. The next quarter, Bill, you got five minutes? Sure, what's up? I just want to know, are you seeing any improvement? Can you tell me how you think I'm doing now? What that meant is that every quarter... I am checking in with Bill. Bill is telling me performance, okay, you know, improvements needed. And I'm acting on those. My annual performance evaluation was never spent on looking back the past year. Your performance evaluation may have been with how you've done in the past year. I've been getting feedback all year. My performance evaluation is spent on. So what do you see as the next step for me? Oh, now, Bill may not have given a lot of thought to that, but I've given a lot of thought to it. So that my 30, 40 minutes spent where what I'm supposed to be hearing, if I'm like everybody else, is the good, the bad, the ugly. We've already done that. We, we are not talking about that anymore. What we're talking about is now tell me what you see as my future bill says whatever it is and then i ask oh so how would you get there and bill begins to share his thoughts i don't necessarily have to go along with those but i'm at least hearing and then what i ask is so in the world of you know hierarchy like what comes along with whatever that next job is you know like what's the compensation range you know do you get stock options you get blah, blah, blah. And then Bill begins to tell me whatever. What I've just learned is how you get into the club. I've done that for damn near my entire career. Right. So what happens is Bill becomes the person who doesn't think of Paula as the scary, angry black woman. Bill's even given me critique and I've accepted it. I might push back. Well, Bill, how about if I tell you that I did it, da 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 You know, that's a way of doing it. Okay, so maybe my way was different, but it could have worked. Yes. The other strategy I had was you can't make a decision if you're not present. I never lived more than 30 minutes away from where I worked, ever. Living in New York, I'm not going to live in New Jersey. I'm not living out on Long Island. I lived in Harlem. And if I needed to get to work quickly, I could hail a gypsy cab. And I'd be at 30 Rock in 15 minutes in the middle of the night, which is what happened, right? So there was an an experience, for example, where I was actually having a free JB party. James Brown had been, I love James Brown, right? I love. So we had our brown son in Harlem. I had about 150 people at my house for a free JB party. And we're, you know, rocking and jamming. And my pager goes off. And I'm like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Why is my pager going off? The pager went off because the managing editor paged me. Why? Because I was a 15-minute ride away from 30 Rock. Paula, there's a fire in the Bronx. They said more than 50 people were trapped and they're dead. Is this? This is Mike. What did you just say? Now I've been dancing and drinking all night. Paula, there's a fire in the Bronx at a place called Happy Land. Got it. I'll be right there. He wasn't there. He'd gotten from the police scanner. I'm the closest manager who lives to 30 Rock. In I live in Harlem. I stand up and say to the crowd, y'all keep partying. I got to go to work. And they're like, what? I got to go to work. I got to work, and within sight of an hour, I had like five crews in the Bronx, right? We went on the air at like 5 AM. I called anchors in. We're cutting into programming. It turned out that 88 people died in that fire. So, So from the early days of the history of New York, when the Shirtwaist Factory fire, this was the largest number of people who had ever died in a fire. And this was in modern day times. So what did that mean? I set up the coverage. That was not my job. But the person whose job it was lived farther away, right? When I worked here at NBC4, I lived within walking distance of the studios in Burbank. I strategically make it so that, oh, there's something going on. I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna be in charge. I'm gonna set it up even though it's not my job and even though it's the boss's job to do X, Y, Z. That's a strategy because my strategy is become necessary. So how did I become known inside of the company? Oh, all hell's breaking loose, call Paula.
3: Thanks for listening to today's episode. If we helped you make your money move, please share it with your community. Subscribe and leave us a review on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Greenwood and visit us at gogreenwood.com for more financial tips. And remember, money movers, if this were easy, everyone would do it. So take the lessons you've learned from this episode and apply it to your life. Until next time. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure to tune in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.